Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Women wrapped up in blankets and they're looking for food. It's the saddest thing I've ever witnessed. Trust is a human emotion. And for some reason, we've embedded trust in social media. I thought about you, but I did get it because you've given us so much airtime. Thank you so much. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. There is a very nasty, very costly taxi scam going around and we'll deal with it in some detail later this morning because in the last few days running up to Christmas what you need to be 100% sure of is is that really a taxi you're getting into is that a genuine proper registered taxi that you're getting into people have been robbed of the bones of 300,000 euro already by a very sophisticated scam Mostly in Dublin, <clears throat> but there's nothing to stop it happening here in Cork. So we'll follow that in some detail. And with the last couple of nights of Christmas partying and Christmas preparations, you really want to be on your guard. Also coming up, brilliant news. Brilliant news. Christmas brilliant news for the Cork Life Centre. Uh, that and plenty more. Plus, I want to know your Christmas disaster, right? We might actually, Eames, we might do some of our vouchers for this one today, just for the fun. Because there's a list that's been published this morning of, of Christmas disasters to do with food, to do with presents, to do with guests, to do with things that should have happened and didn't. Um, there was a few. I remember one in particular. I decided to take responsibility for a present. Uh, for someone important because we were going to their house for dinner that's how important they were and at four o'clock I'm running around shops trying to grab the last pot plant in the building I think she got a cactus for Christmas that year (laughs) no it wasn't me mother Um, your Christmas disaster like the oven someone I know Facebooked in the last couple of days what a week for the oven to go pop I know I know lumpy gravy Water, forgetting the gravy. There's loads of them there. Have you the Christmas tree falling over? This actually happened to us last year. 
Uh, my Christmas tree engineer no longer lives, lives at home. Um, she comes home for Christmas, but my Christmas tree engineer doesn't live at home. And last year, before she got home for Christmas, I put the tree up and balanced it. And I, w- I woke up one night and I was actually going out to the toilet in the middle of the night. And I heard this kind of a swoosh, crash. I goes, what the hell was that? The Christmas tree had come down. So it's happened to, it's happened to a lot of us. Good morning, 0818-96-96-96. Before we get to all that and many more. Oh yeah, the air fryer, a solution to the oven. Fergal has gone mad on air fryers. There was a thing in the Daily Mail yesterday that you actually can do the whole Christmas dinner in your air fryer. Of course you can. Yeah, but would I eat it? Probably not. 0818-96-96-96. Speaking of food, Tom Creedon of Massytown rotisserie you took one of your own i think that's right, i read i read this twice you took one of your own chicken rolls to the world cup final morning pj how are you good morning i mean yeah your chicken rolls are damn nice thank you but thank you, you very much you packed one up for yourself and took it off yeah. first of all how did wasn't it one hell of a match tom Unbelievable experience, unreal. Um, I got the call, it was a last minute thing. Palomina ended up having a spare ticket for it. Right. And he gave me a shout on uh, Friday morning. It was a case of, can I get over here quick? There's a ticket going. So I grabbed the passport and uh, went to the airport. Managed to get myself over there in time. Unbelievable weekend. How did you travel? But, what um, route did you take? London, London, Dubai. Or sorry, London, Doha. Nice. Um, six hours. Yeah, it was lovely. It was fine. Grand, no problems. Costly? Um, but... Uh, no, well, look, I'm not going to lie. He picked up the tab, so that was... Uh, oh, you some nice friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. He's cool, he's cool. You brought he, him the, uh, chi- nice. the chicken roll was for him, so, was it? <laughs> the chicken roll, yeah. The chicken roll for you, buddy. Here, thanks very much for paying for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're square now, yeah? So, uh, no, I got grabbed. Look, I was on the way with the door, and uh, I was up to my neck. Obviously, look, it's the run into Christmas, so we're crazy busy. And uh, I was just conscious of the fact that I wasn't going to be there for probably the busiest weekend of... Uh, of the year yeah. so I was like right, how can I like two birds one stone I can do a bit of marketing anyway for this thing with uh, or with this trip with for the deli you know yeah. so grabbed the sandwich wrapped it up had the uh, Master Town symbol on the front of it and uh, started documenting <laughs> started documenting the sandwiches trip to to, to Doha um, and look to be fair the feedback was always it was all look it was just a bit of crack right and the yeah. feedback was pretty good as as the sandwich was continuing the numbers that are going up online about people watching the sandwich <laughs> and uh, yeah 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 the sandwich sandwich lived his best life because look fortunately the guy who uh, my buddy who gave me the tickets it was a VIP trip so it was, it was a corporate event for them um, so the sandwich got to sit in the halfway line the sandwich got to uh, meet Julius Dean the magician uh, the sandwich sat in business class with uh, Gary Lineker the sandwich, the sandwich lived his best life for the weekend of the and so did life. you <laughs> hey I was only there with the sandwich <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're just bringing the sambo like. <laughs> yeah yeah I was just, I was just bringing the sandwich that was all it was I wasn't even wow. and no, then it was and amazing it was. after all that fun to be treated to one of the most spectacular couple of hours oh. Come here, it was unbelievable. Like I wouldn't like I'm more of a rugby fan, I suppose. Like but, myself, uh, like myself. Yeah. Yeah, but look, like who can't who can't appreciate that, right? It was amazing. Yeah. And look, the, the entire weekend, Doha itself is uh is real it's 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 very different obviously to 
anything we, any kind of structure we have here with regards to the stadiums and uh, just the layout of the place was amazing. Just what is it that. like? I know you were, it was only a whirlwind. You're back. Walking. Yeah, whirlwind. Yeah. What? What? Why? How? What's it like? It's cool. No, it's nice. It's nice. Look, it's like very much. Um, very, look, it was very much centered around the World Cup for when I was there, obviously. Yeah. But the stadiums are amazing. Stadiums are incredible. Um, wouldn't have had the kind of, um, I suppose, party scene that you'd expect if you were going to World Cup. Yeah. Well, there's um, no booze in the stadiums, was there? That, that's it, yeah. And it's like, even outside the stadium, it's pretty restricted. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we might have to bring some kind of a bar. Was there booze the in VIP? Because some people were saying earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Free, free drink, free food all day. Um, so we managed so you didn't to even need the room. <laughs> I know, I've got like a sandwich. There's a photograph of the sandwich next to the buffet that we have, like, served on for us, like the competition for the sandwich. Oh, brilliant. Sandwich makes friends, it meets new sandwiches. It's <laughs> just the whole thing. This is fantastic. Of course, you've, got, you've yeah. got pictures now to put on the wall and the whole. I hope, yeah, you, I hope you've it. got a picture of the of the sandwich against a packed World Cup final. Oh, I have a, I have the sandwich. It's it's look if you go on our Instagram, there's uh, on Masterton's Instagram, you can see it. But there's like Messi lifts the cup and then the sandwich jumps in because oh, <laughs> he just holding the sandwich oh, in front brilliant. and. Uh, Makes the winning goal, takes the winning goal, and the sandwich jumps in front of the in front of the screen. Yeah. And look, if it's all just uh, we have a video up on our Twitter now as well, so people can see some <laughs> of the mess that went on. And listen, it's it's the best crack, it's the best crack ever. <laughs> Thank you very much. And what, and what a trip! You're not going, you're not going to tell us who your friend is, are you? Uh probably best I don't, man. He's uh, he's uh, probably kind of. If, Miles is my friend. My friend's name is Miles. Okay, uh, he's a good guy. He's he's look. He's he's the best around, man. He, I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, no, uh, you owe him more shout, than a chicken sandwich, dude. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to him <laughs> and a merry Christmas to my uh, godchild Callum, who hopefully is listening. Right. And uh, listen, we're in business two years this year or this week, I should say. Really? So look, yeah, we're up and running two years this week. So it's been a crazy two years with COVID and everything else. So it's a nice little kind of gimmick to kind of celebrate that. Absolutely. As well, you know? And have you have you have a, having a good buzz in the run up? Tom. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's in good form, right? I've got amazing staff in there. They're just the nicest kids. So um, everyone's got smiles on faces. And look, there's been people popping in over the weekend as well, Deadly. asking what the hell is going on with the <laughs> situation. So it's kind of got everyone in a good mood, you know? You're made. Do you know what you do now, right? There's a, there's, there is a, a shop, and it's not a million miles away from you, right? But yeah. um, they do mugs, and you can put any photo you like on the mug, right? right? So right. why don't you get... Because obviously, maybe with a you know a nice rotisserie chicken sandwich, a fellow might want a coffee or something, right? Yeah. Why, yeah. why don't you get a few mugs done with the picture on it? It's done, mate. It's done, and you're getting one. I'll send one up to you as well. Okay. That's a brilliant idea. Tom, one listen, great fun. Uh, great fun. PJ, thanks very much. Jealous as hell, man. I'm jealous. I was. Uh, I watched. I most people there. I watched the Munster game. And and that was exciting enough the way they held out against Northampton, and then and then turned over for the World Cup final while trying to decorate a Christmas tree. And the most excitement I had was a bottle of beer and a slice of cake. Uh, listen, I was getting text messages off my mum. I can't see you in the crowd. <laughs> Don't no worry too much. Cheers, Tom. Happy Christmas <laughs> to you and everybody. On Merry there. Christmas, guys. All right, Cheers. Merry Christmas to all my suppliers and all my staff. And, Take uh, care, all the Value customers. Bye, Tom, bye, guys. Cheers, yeah. Tom Creedon from Massey Town Rotisserie Deli down in Paul Street. He flew a chicken roll all the way to Doha to his VIP mate, who'd flown him out on a last-minute VIP gig to sit in a VIP box with free drink and free food all day, and he brings the rotisserie chicken roll. Now, there's a man who knows how to market his business. 0818 96 96 96. Liam O'Callaghan from Copine 
if the nice people in the programming department will allow me, I might be able to get this one in on Friday. But I'm not entirely sure whether I get it on today. Finding it would be a job. Hi PJ, can you play Walking in the Air? Makes me so excited for Christmas. We're having our party tonight. That's from Liam O'Callaghan in Copying. I love that one, the Alan Jones song. Used to be a, I think it used to be an unpost ad at one time. We're walking in the air. I think it was. I think it was. 0818969696. On your Christmas disasters, they're starting to come in. Jamie, one year we weren't long married, living at the time in Ballygarvan. Got everything ready. The turkey was stuffed, the carrots were chopped, the spuds were in the oven. We said we'd call up to the airport while they were all roasting. Up to the in-laws near the airport, because of course the airport's closed Christmas Day. We had a couple of drinks and came home two hours later. There was no smell of food. We'd never turned the oven on. Jimmy, that happened to me, or to us. It did I can remember that. We went to my brother's or my sister. We always go to one or the other on Christmas Day for the couple of hours and a couple of bottles of beer and whatever, pigs and blankets, that kind of stuff. And came back, whatever time it was, half two, three (laughs) o'clock. We ended up having the turkey by half seven. It was grand. It was fine. Flipping starve, but who cares? It happens. 0818 96 96 96. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas! With your local mace. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join myself and Connor for a very special Arts House show on Cork's 96FM Christmas morning. We'll be going fully festive, featuring the beautiful sounds of choirs from all over Cork. From junior infants to workplace choirs, we've got them all. So while you're unwrapping presents and getting the turkey in the oven, we'll fill the air with choirs of Cork. Make sure you join us this Sunday morning from 8 on Cork's 96FM. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork's 96 FM. If I was to be asked to write down a list of my happiest moments of 2022. God, there's an idea for Thursday or Friday, guys. Uh, my happiest moment of 2022. One of them. One of them was being asked um, to take part in a little video for the Life Centre which is out now. We'll talk about it in a minute with with Ty Kiki, who made it with the lads up there. But first, there has been some really good news after a couple of years of fighting and worrying that the centre would be unsustainable and really scared for the future from time to time. Good news, Don O'Leary. Break it down for us. What has been achieved? Morning. Uh, Good morning, PJ. Yeah, look, it is. It's, I mean, it's not everything but we're going to be sustainable into the future. Um, in October, we sat into discussions with the department and in fairness, we were able to do a deal really quickly. Mm. Um, so nine, nine of the teachers here um, who have been long duration uh, with teacher council numbers will be paid by the Department of Education from the department's payroll. Um, that in itself is just massive in that it gives you continuity and you're not looking to see who's coming back and not coming back next year. Um, they, they've also issued us with a, a temporary roll number. 
and um, we're in under special education. Uh, the great thing for me is that in, in this field, uh, our, our model, the servo model, um, continues. It's, it's, we're, we're not a school, never were a school, and we'll never intend to be a school. And yeah. um, we, te- we do teach, but lots of people in here teach, they're not all teachers, trained teachers. Yeah. But look, it, it's been a long time. I mean, it, it's the security that it brings to, to the staff. I mean, and if there's security for the staff, there's security for the children and the parents, and it just makes for, it relieves some of the pressure. No, you know me. I mean, I think Michael Martin, you know, Martin said, I think at one stage that he he, he spoke about the Lisa to be innovative at the Shared Island Conference. Um, and I've kind of hinted, well, if you want to do that, let's roll her out. Yeah. Uh, I, well, that's my next big thing to, to try and do that. But look, I think we we have kicked the door for alternative education. And we're not the only providers of alternative education. I've never said we were. Um, but we have been quite successful in what we do. And so it, it's been an absolute, it's been a mad journey, right? I mean, you know, we're at this, the, the, the only letter I ever got off the Minister for Education prior to uh, this time around was uh, Bad O'Keefe. Now, think how far back that is. Oh, my goodness me. It's 2008. And, and I suppose, look, in a situation like this, you know, it, 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 it is important to acknowledge a number of things, right? Uh, to acknowledge, I'd love a brother Gary O'Shea who, who had opened the centre was here yeah. to share in this. Um, I, I, you know, the politicians, I must say, I, look, I've given them bats off enough for many people can, but I say in relation to the life centre, they've been 100% behind it. And, and, and that goes to the, the teacher who, who, who didn't have to come to me, uh, rang me on a Saturday in February, two years back, and said, what can I do? And I told him, uh, it's taken a while to get here. But there are other people, I mean, all the policies have been brilliant, but one man stood out. Mm. Uh, and he knows, like, <laughs> he, he could even be trouble getting the vote off me, right? Because because I, I don't think I would. But, but I would for him. He's the most principled guy that I have met. And that's Paulie O'Sullivan TD. He, he put his own career, I think, on, 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 a, on a back burner in chasing some of the things he's done for us. And okay. he's been... He's been gigantic. He that's got not us. the name I would have expected you to, to come up with. Done. Well, I have to say, I have to say, uh, PJ. Even though you know, I know he's a teacher and very committed to educational matters and fairness yes. to Paddy. Yeah. What Paddy did, Paddy knocked on our door uh, when he was elected. Can we move this thing forward, which he? And he got us, a, within three weeks, he had a Zoom with the minister, uh, Norma Foley. He had us before the Iraq, the subcommittee on education. He has kept bringing it forward and forward and forward. And he never stopped. He never hid. And, and he's been there. And, and look, I can only, you know, you give big bats and then you have to talk. And Paul Sullivan has been a, a gem for us. Yes. As in, and I'm saying it, you know. Full, like, Paul Cho from Wexford, the, the, the chair of the of the uh, Dear Office of Community and Education. Yeah. Being phenomenal. I mean, he's brought our kids up on mental health and in. And he places huge store in what they've done. Do you know what it is, Don? With regards to the Life Centre, and I remember the first time you and I spoke about it and, and yeah. about the financial situation, I had no idea what you were doing up there. Oh, I know. G- I give anybody it. 20 minutes and the Life Centre sells itself. The magic that goes on behind that red door it does, but, sells but that itself. Brings me, that brings me around to the people that deserve all the credit. Um, yes, there's the staff, you know, 65 staff again this year. Volunteers, part time, very paid full time. You you have all of them to thank those that are here and had to leave. You know, people. It's great. You can be the best volunteer in the world. It doesn't put food on the table, 
and we have lost lots of colleagues. I, 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 like in particular, I think uh, uh, Thomas Mulcahy and, and Craig, who were with me for, for 14 years, and had to move to greener pastures. <laughs> and they did, but like, they're just gone and they keep calling and testing. And my deputy, uh, Rachel Lucy, yeah. um, has, like, Rachel started here 14 years ago <laughs> from, from the Department of Psychology. Yeah. Uh, it took spend a year and 14 years, a couple of years, he's still here. Um, but I do want to thank the parents and the ingredient here that makes all the magic is these wonderful, passionate kids that we have within the centre. Yes, they all have, you know, people come with issues. But we all have issues. Yeah. But one of the issues they don't come with is not wanting to be in education. And the quicker we lose this term, early school leaver, the better. These these kids want to achieve. I want one thing, they want another thing, and we support one another to get through that. But I do think, and, and look, I'm going to pay tribute to yourself and the team going to these shops and, and everyone that's been in the team since, mm. and Donald Keefe, and that, the radio, particularly in 86 FM. Like, you've kept it out there. You've, I remember you doing it an election. You've got all the leaders every time they came in, in the first place you asked them was about the Life Centre. And that has been, like, that's what's got us over the line here. No, will there be more fighting? Yes, of course. Yeah, there, there are more battles to be won. You're still going to have to keep fundraising, and that, I'll bring Ty again in just a second on this. You still have to keep fundraising, but the doors yeah. can stay open now. The, the doors are open now. What, what, what we need to do, like, for instance, myself, the deputy director and the administrator, I'm being paid in this deal at all, and that's home with me. It might be some with the other two because they're young, though. Um, but, but that's home for me. Uh, I mean, all, what I want, what I want, and I know what the team here want, is the life centre to be there in 20 years' time. Mm. I am certain it will be. I, 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 I stake my life, and well, my life isn't that long off, but we, I, I stake anybody's life in this that I can mm. see this. Because there was another one, Don, and it, it closed. There were four, and they closed. But, but, but you see, they had no state funding. And I said, I, I mean, let's, let's be quite honest here. Education is a children's right. You know, whether it's one CRC or look at you know, it has to be a right of every child to be educated. That doesn't mean to say they're all going to get 625 points to go to college. I'd be advising kids, forget 625 points. Do what you love. And if that takes you through the PLC route before you get, what's wrong? 17, 18 years of age deciding what you want to be. I mean, it's, jobs aren't even lasting that long now. Long, you know, Don, as you and I have both joked, my friend, we're a lot older than 17 or 18 years and we don't know what we want to do with our lives. Well, it is. I don't know what I want to do tomorrow. I, I, I don't mind. I don't know if I have to stop fighting with the department because like, this is me I'm so happy for you, my friend. I am so happy for you. And I have to ask you one question because people often ask me because they know we're, we know we're, they know we're buddies outside of work. How are you, Don? Well, I'm I'm I, I just last Friday finished my thirty sixth session of chemo. Mm. Um and you know what? I still haven't missed a day. Um in here. And yeah, look I have up and down days to be honest, right? Yeah. I, I did picked up an infection and, and but like I, I'm <laughs> in here you say it's magic. I also think there's a doctor involved somewhere because Coming in here is just a complete... And I don't want people... I'm, I'm going to have to leave, whether I drag down or whatever, because I'd like to see, you know... The thing that's really exciting for me is the fact that you have Rachel, you have Sam, you have other st- staff members in here. They'll work under the model, but they'll take it different to the way uh, I, I would have done it. And that is what's going to sustain us. Innovation, 
and these staff have innovation. Mm. Everything they do is innovation. So for me, look, yeah, I'm still... I'm still You're hanging in there, fella. You're hanging I in there. A, I have a terminal illness, right? But last Christmas, people didn't think I'd see it. This Christmas, they didn't. I don't know. I must be in league with the devil or something because I, 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 I you know, I'll say this. <laughs> I've had no pain. I've had no pain since this, uh, since then. Gave me my medication on the day they told me that I had uh, lung cancer as well as the bones. Um, I'm doing a lot. Yes, I won't be running any city marathons. I might walk one, mind you, but I won't be running in one. Um, but but I, I, I don't intend. I think, look, I've always said, if my mind is active and if I'm contributing to the running of the centre, if, uh, if I'm not, you know, I said to staff, you need to tell me if I'm not seen it um, because I will go. The last thing, like, I, I, and the kids, we're, we're family, so so I can't scratch. And the kids are wondering, is Don okay? If, I, if I'm after travelling somewhere, where's Don? Is he okay? Yeah. And I'm not going to have staff and kids worried, worried about me. That's not their job. Um, that, that's my job, and I gave up worrying uh, years ago. Right. And, and look, I've always said to you, uh, PJ, and, and like, you're going you're to talk to Toy Kiki, I know, I don't know. Um, I knew they were doing something one of the kids here came in and handed me a piece of paper he says you're supposed to be shocked when you read this when the camera appears though that's what I knew they come in I turned the piece of paper over and it had up the life centres for sale in an auction house and I, there was no problem having a shock face because I didn't know what was going on <laughs> um, so I'm going to say about Ty Kiki he has been a huge friend to the centre and, and I, he came in to the kids and I know you know Sharon uh, fabulous, uh, mad art teacher. She she won't mind me saying that. A, a drama teacher, and the kids simply adore drama. One of the great things for me in this in, in the piece that's going on, I, I I text Ty because we never seem to get a chat. He comes in and I'm here, but he said talk to you after us, and then he has to run. Um, but there's kids in that in, in, in that piece who have never, ever, ever taken part in yeah. anything like that. And I would not have believed it. And it gave me such joy to see. Yeah. For me, it was absolutely fabulous to see, because this is it. Well, you, so, can, you can talk to him directly now, Don. Um, because it's not I, always easy, but you can right now. Hi, Tyg. <laughs> hey, hey, lads. How's it going? I'm enjoying listening hi, to the two of you, to be honest. Hi, 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 Don. How's it going, boy? Good, good. <laughs> I, I think, like, look, oh. I said, I know I said Tyg. Tyg came in here, please, and he said, that I just to do something with the kids. And I said, come up. And he said, oh, you have an idea. And himself and children went out the door. And I didn't hear from him again five weeks later. But I mean, I do know <laughs> from, from kids going around. Um, they were really excited about this because they were filming. They were editing. They were doing the lighting. They were doing, they wrote it. And they were acting it out. And and there was a piece of music even written for it. Um, yeah. and, and like, yeah. That's the phenomenon of Tyke. Like, he, he'd take, yeah. watch now, he'd take no credit for this, and he's going to send it yeah. to everybody else. Well, right? actually, you might as well go through the, the making of the video, Tyke, uh, from start. Like, it, it, it's two minutes long. You, you asked me to voice it over. Yeah. I was delighted to do that for you and with you. But it, the, the concept is a two minute film made with, with the lads, but they did it all themselves. They did it all themselves, yeah. I just want to quickly say at the start as well that the, my interest in it started kind of with Don as well. And Don is murdered for taking no credit himself as well, as you know, PJ, as his buddy. But, like, Don is just such a remarkable human being, as everyone knows. And his integrity and his, 
he sticks to his guns and his humor and everything. I just kind of adored the man, really, to be honest. So I was up visiting him, chatting to him and saying, oh, I might do something. And we were just thinking what to do. And then I fell in with um, Sharon O'Neill, as he's saying, the drama teacher. And she'd already built up that relationship with the kids that you were talking about. You know, that kind of magic vibe you get up there. And her rapport with them, really, I was I was literally just kind of coming in on that. Like, is it's rather than kind of teaching at kids, like just kind of the way mainstream can be a bit where it's just here's the information, you learn it off and regurgitate it on the day. They have a kind of a dialectic, like they just seem to be kind of chatting to each other and they're kind of learning together. The kids are, are teaching the teachers as much yeah. as the other way around. And um, so I went into it with that spirit then, with the with the making of it. I said, look, I'm not coming in with any agenda. I'm literally just going to bring in the gear and I bet you everyone in this room can kind of contribute. So before I knew it, then I had this, there was a kind of a girl who seemed very shy at the start, then so, suddenly started saying that she was going to shoot the whole thing. So she took the camera off me, August, and um, she shot it over the course of the four days and people fell in. So there was someone doing like lights, there was someone doing sound. Mm. And as Don was saying, there's a, a kid called Adam who created a soundtrack for it mm. on the day. Like he didn't have any tracks that he, he could use. So he said, look, I'll just come up with something. Uh, I'll just gonna record something and send them on to you later. Wow. Now, like I work with people in a professional setting that wouldn't be able to have a turnaround that quick. Like they just wouldn't be able to do it. They'd yeah. say, I'll get back to you next week or next month. And uh, the sound is, or the, the, the tracks are perfect. Um, but I think what I just want to say about the kids more than anything else, though, is it re- it really did all come from them. And there's I, I've done a few workshops in other schools and stuff, and I've never, and I mean this, I'm not just saying it, I've never come across kids more vibrant, more enthusiastic. Um, yeah. you know, they're helping me with the gear in and out. And I was just thinking to myself, like, because I didn't know what to expect when I came in. I was like, whoa, like, if these are the kids that, you know, could potentially have, have fallen through the cracks, my God, like what a loss it would have been because they're the best kids I've ever been around. And like Don says, there's nothing in them that's like they don't want education. They just, they maybe just don't want it the way that it's wrapped up and delivered yeah. in, in mainstream education. The video is out there now, Tag, to raise funds. And we're going to I think, share it again just now. But the, the video is out there to raise funds because as Don said, they're still going to have to fundraise. So with the video goes a fundraiser. Exactly, yeah. So the videos, it's on all my social media channels. But if you if you just want to go straight to the fundraiser as well, it's on GoFundMe. And uh, the name of the fundraiser is Cork Life Centre Christmas Appeal. And they can see you as well playing a blinder in a PJ. You <laughs> tread the whole thing together, Kit. Yeah, Be ahead. fair. You do, though. <laughs> you do. I'd have to say that. I mean, and thank I'm, you, PJ. I'm a pleasure. Pleasure. I, I'm going to thank the two of you, right? But I think, you see, for me, okay, yeah, we always need funds. Uh, we wish we should go forward. Um, but but you know these kids, they, like we we don't pick kids to go to drama. They go. Some have known at, at all, right? And and here they are. And I I did t- to tell you, you know, the money is going to be brilliant. But the most important thing for me was to see the kids. And you know what? They were having fun. Yeah. You know they were being serious. Mm. I mean, I looked at one sketch on the board of writing down actions. Um, and I hadn't seen her until I put it up. And the, there was arson on the board. And I said, arson? They <laughs> were looking at the <laughs> And then they tied themselves to the stairs, which I thought was, was, was unique, <laughs> were ribbon. Um, and, 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 and anyone that passed, actually, because a lot of the kids that, that were sitting on the stairs are not part of the drama group, but the kids grabbed them as they were coming along. Tie yourselves up there. And of course, they sat with the... It was just, it's, it's all encompassing because 
the other kids are, you know, congratulating the kids. And, you know, tight now again. I mean, we went, we brought, we started this thing here. Well, we didn't. Rachel did, the deputy director. As you know, we were strong. Um, <laughs> we don't have a PPU now, but we were strong um, former student yeah. group here. And we started something just, you know, again, just to get them out, a theatre group um, where, where we were able to get a bit of money. And the first the first play we took them to, and there was about 10 of them there, was to um, Tyke's Tyke, uh, piece in the, in, in, um, in the Everyman. Mm. And, and then in one, in one I owed the other. And, and I think it was like, for me, I don't know, it, it's dark. But the, the kids we were able to, the kids never sharp talk more efforts, <laughs> actually. But but then we took them to um, uh, uh, one in the Triscoll Arts. Um, they went to another, they went to the cat club, they're looking at 10 plays. And we're going to keep that going because I think, you know, it's a toy-in. You know, when kids see, we don't have to do anything in here in relation to discipline because when the younger kids see the older ones, and the older ones model for them, and, and sometimes they staff have to follow. We just follow along, they're leading and we're following. Um, and as he said, as Tyke said, we're, we're, we're both teachers and learners in here. And for me, that's what gives joy here. I, I, I mean, I, Tyke would notice, because I said to him in the past, Tyke did, by the way, Tyke did one podcast, it was me, he podcasted, and there's no more, I think I killed his podcasting days, by the way. And, <laughs> It was too controversial. I just couldn't get the door to go from there. Yeah, where did you go after that? But but time has been here and here, and, and you know, bringing that bringing that in to me is is just phenomenal because when you someone that the kids can recognise yeah. and they're willing to give time inside in the centre, it says a lot about themselves. You know, self esteem amongst these kids is probably one of the main things they have in common yeah. when they come. Their self esteem, but someone mm. like Tay. Sharon being as mad, and you both know Sharon, is as, and she's downstairs, I said, packing hampers for me now. She's as mad as a kid. Um, and, and that's why the kids love She is just phenomenal. And having someone like Toy come in then, that's, I, I don't know what to say. I think uh, I, I, I'm going to have a very good Christmas. Um, and I, I was delighted uh, to, to, to talk to you this morning, PJ, because mm. you're obviously having bad news for me. And, and and this is just the most phenomenal. This is wonderful news. This is wonderful, wonderful news. We're going, to, we're going to share that and other people can share it and share the GoFundMe because you still need some funds but the centre is sustainable. Nine teachers to be employed full-time by the Department of Education. The rest of your wonderful team will come in as they always have done. Don, joy is what I get from you this morning. Pure joy <laughs> and it's wonderful. It's, it was... When I was at one, I signed up here 17 years ago. Then mm. they asked me one thing. They asked me was could, could, we, could I try and make this place sustainable? Yeah. I, we, I haven't. We have as a team here, um, and that gives me that that gives me great joy. But there's other work to be done. Um, and they're not finished with the department. No, I don't think you are. There's always something <laughs> to be done. Ty Kiki, uh, and to my great friend Sharon, who I know is there in the centre packing nappers, first of all, I'm privileged to be invited and to be part of it. I loved being part of it, and I am so happy, Don, for you and the team, for everyone this morning. And Ty, thank you for a wonderful piece of work, sir. Good morning, guys. Thank Lovely chatting to you. Cheers. Don O'Leary and Ty Hickey. Now, that is a cause for a happy Christmas song, which we will play in just a couple of minutes. 
The Improv Panto is back and now on at Cork Opera House. It's probably, definitely, the greatest show that ever graced the Opera House stage. Ever. Oh, it was brilliant. It's so good. I'd go every night if I could. <laughs> uh, Laura, aren't you in the show? That's just you putting on gammy accents, like. Yeah, but, like, it's also true, like. <laughs> yes, she's biased. However, we can confirm that thousands of you love the improvised panto each year and are thrilled it's back. Not for smallies, this laugh-out-loud show is made up on the spot. Don't miss the hilarious Improv Panto this December. Tickets from CorkOperaHouse.ie. The Improv Panto with Cork's 96FM. Kate says, I wish all teachers were like that. Richard Branson was told he was useless and look at him now. True. Michael said, that's just made my Christmas, Michael Cronin. Anyone that has the privilege to visit the Life Centre will know exactly what an incredibly special place it is. Congratulations to Don, to Rachel and everyone involved. Another phone call. I'm delighted with news about the Life Centre. I remember having a word with a brother in the North Mon about they had such a tough exam for getting into secondary school. That was the way it was at the time and it was horrible. Very exclusionary. They changed it a year or two later and it was great. We need more thinking outside the box. The question should always be, how can you help people, not how do we exclude people? I've always said, over the magic red doors of the Life Centre, and the red doors are the symbol of the Life Centre, I've always said there should be a sign that says, magic happens here, because it does. That uh, first, or that top 50 of your Christmas disasters, a few of them coming in, and I'll get to them throughout the morning. Remember, for the best story... And I want you to come on here and tell me for the best story about something going horrendously wrong at Christmas. Uh, we can do some of our super value vouchers today. The oven breaking come. A few people have had ovens break. Fridge. The fridge packing in and everything ruined. Forgetting something simple like the cake or the pudding. The top five have happened. Well, the top four hard undercooked vegetables. Soggy vegetables is four. Undercooked roasties is three. They're all about food. Number two is Bourne's stuffing. Number one is Bourne's turkey. Bourne's the turkey. Yeah. But your your Christmas disaster, like Jimmy's one while ago, and they went out, went visiting, and thought, yeah, we'll have a lovely couple of Christmas drinks now. And they come home and find they never turned on the oven. I read one on the line online the other day where this guy, this guy said that his mum told him that uh, to turn on the oven at one o'clock, they were all going out, he was going for a run or something. His mother told him to turn on the oven at one o'clock. He was going out for his run at 11 and didn't want to be rushing back. So he decided, ah, to hell with it, I'll turn it on then. They came home to a burnt skeleton. 0818 Shared Tyg's appeal again. Because as well as getting the nine teachers, they obviously need to keep it going with other funds and to get the managers paid and all that. They need fundraising. They always need fundraising. So Tig made that video with the kids. Two minutes it is. And it's great fun. So we shared all that. And reshare. Share the sugar out of it, as the men once said. 0818 96 96 96. After 10, I mentioned this yesterday. Um, when the body of Private Sean Rooney was brought home and presented back to his family. There is a beautiful video, by the way. It's gorgeous, of the body being taken from the aerodrome at Baldonnell uh, for a post-mortem, in actual fact. But there's a hearse 
travelling and there's a gorgeous video going around social media of an old soldier, a retired soldier who had done some time in the UN and he had the beret and as the hearse is approaching a junction, there's a gather escort, this guy, this lone retired soldier walks over to the corner, stands waiting, straightens his uniform, straightens his cap and gives the most wonderful full military salute to his fallen colleague. It is gorgeous. I don't know who he is or who took the video, but it's flying around on Facebook and other social media. And it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful. And uh, I, I might talk to, to Michelle Dunn about it after the news because I'm going to talk to Michelle who wrote a great piece in The Examiner yesterday about her own experience in Lev and the memories it leaves you with. Uh, because, you know, we've, it's come into the spotlight again with the death of uh, Sean and indeed the injury to Private Carney, Private Shane Carney from East Cork. The reality, the harsh reality that every day that those soldiers are working and wearing our colours with pride in the UN, um, they're, all, they're always in danger. They don't talk about it much, uh, but Michelle's been writing about it and I'll talk to her after the news at 10. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, there is a Kilmick Simon. Christmas swim, the Kilmick Simon swimming and rowing club having a Christmas swim Christmas morning at Gary Lucas Beach in Kinsale the swim is in aid of sailability Kinsale, I have the most enormous respect for sailability because my boy has benefited so much from it and will hopefully be back with it next season and Lachine's House who we've talked about many times on the show they're the beneficiaries come down to the Kilmick Simon Swimming and Rowing Club you can donate at idonate.ie and that comes in from Audrey Grace yeah and also I'll be doing my last little bit of seasonal overtime on Cork's 96 Christmas at the weekend I'm on air uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day on Cork's 96 Christmas, and as many of those messages about Christmas Day swims or Christmas Day charity events or runs or whatever you got, happy to mention them for you. And anything you want me to do, pj at 96fm.ie. 0818-969696. As I mentioned before the news, the remains of Private Sean Rooney were repatriated yesterday from Lebanon. And I mentioned that gorgeous video that is heartbreaking but gorgeous video that is up on social media of a retired soldier um, pulling down, straightening the unit as if the Brigadier General, him or herself, was coming down to inspect an armed guard. Walks onto the pavement, straightens the uniform like every soldier has been taught to do from their very first day as a private and straightens the beret in a particular way that the UN soldiers wear the blueberry and the salute is just straight out of the army manual of how to do it right on a drill square and it's as the coffin passes on its way from the Baldonnel aerodrome to uh, I'm assuming 
the next stage of Private Rooney's journey, which was involved a post-mortem by the state pathologist. Uh, he will His mass will be in Dundalk, where he's from, and he will be buried with full military honours in Donegal. Uh, of course, his uncles and his dad all uh, past and serving members of the Defence Forces. Another past and ser- member of the Defence Forces is Michelle Dunn, who is a very well-known Cork writer and getting more well-known uh, by the year. Um, Organiser and developer as well of the Spike Island Literary Festival, first of which was held this September. Uh, the author of two wonderful books um, called The Invisible and When Nobody Is Watching, featuring former soldier Lindsay Ryan. But Michelle is also a former soldier, uh, wrote about it yesterday in the Examiner. You told me this before, Michelle, but I'd forgotten you celebrated your 21st birthday on a tour of duty in the Lebanon, where you were based in the village of Hadatta, where a lot of Irish soldiers were based. It was one of the bases used. And the death of Sean Rooney and the Sears injury to Shane Carney, it brought back a lot of memories. Morning, Michelle. Hi, PJ. How are you? How are you? Yeah, it did. I mean, do you know what? It's it's been so many years since I was in Lebanon, and it, it feels like a lifetime ago at the best of time, to be honest. But then news like this breaks, and it literally it puts you right back there. I mean, you can feel the place, you can sense the danger that's always there, and you can just put yourself in the shoes of any of the people that are out there at the moment. I mean, you just. Yeah. Any one of them could have been assigned to that detail, PJ, you know, just those eight people that were in the convoy. It could have been any eight people that are out there, you know, and everybody is feeling that it could have been them. It could have been anyone. And you just grow so close to the people that you serve with out there. They're, everybody is feeling it. My God, it's horrific. That's an important point. Anybody on duty on that particular watch could have been selected to go on that convoy for argument's sake, Michelle, in your day, you could have been driving that that convoy. Yeah, I, I mean, those kind of things, uh, from what I remember, it would be a case of, okay, who's free at this time? Who's not on a different detail? Who's not here, there, everywhere? Okay, you're free, you're off. You're in that You're in that Jeep, you're off. Um, so it literally could have been, he was standing right in front of, you know, whoever was making those decisions, right? Right, you into the Jeep, off you go. It's, it's as simple as that. It could have been anyone. Wow. And, 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 you know, again, thinking back to my own time there and the the dangers, I suppose, that we were in and the very, very near misses. We had some injuries there. People are very, very lucky to be alive after the tour that I was on. Um, and you just think, oh, God, what if it was, what, if anything had happened to them, you'd live with it for the rest of your life. And, and the people who are out there at the moment are going to carry this trip with them for the rest of their lives as well. But when I wrote that piece yesterday, I've got so many messages from Defence Forces people, serving retired people I've never met and will ever meet. And all, all, you know, saying this is exactly what we're feeling. And, you know, you've put into words what we're all feeling and everybody's feeling it. And uh, people who have never met Sean Rooney or Shane Kearney or any of the other guys that were in that convoy, they feel like they know them intimately because they've they've been in the same place, you know. Yeah, You were also, I think... I got a fabulous piece written by uh, QS, uh, CS, um, sent to me over the weekend about what it's like to be a soldier and what it's like to do Mm. out there. Because I guess it's a question, Michelle, that you were probably asked a hundred times. Well, what do they do out there? 
Well, see, this now is where what kind of prompted me to write that piece as well is there is this this um, kind of perception that Irish soldiers go off out to the lab and they're they're raking in the cash and they're kind of just sitting around. They're just a presence in the area and that kind of thing. But you're not. I mean, your day to day duties. It's, it's politically, it's very different now from when I was there. It was very, very active. It was, you know, civil war when I was there. Things are supposedly more peaceful now, but they're, they'll never be. I mean, politicians can decide that, you know, okay, the war's over, we're finished, we're, fight, we're you know, we're not fighting anymore. But you can't erase decades of pain and hurt in a country like that. So there's always, always, always an element of danger. So, you know, you're you're there and as the presence there, you're monitoring everything that's going on in the place. You're monitoring movements, you're monitoring who's doing what. But your day-to-day life is 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 very confined you're confined to this little your camp which is a small little area to be stuck in for six months and no matter what kind of pieces in the area you're not free to go off out for a walk you're not free to go for a run you're not free to do anything unless it's an organized thing and there's you know all these things put in place all these provisions put in place for things like that so it's 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 never an easy job I remember having the privilege of travelling there in 99 to do a radio documentary with the troops that were out there at the time. And one of the things we we were told in our first briefing was, there are shops a short distance away. You don't leave this base without a soldier. That was, you don't like. And and that was the first time. And then we got to see the danger. Like, People out there, Michelle, in your time, speak of your time, you were in danger at certain types of the times of the day and night every day. Every single day. I mean, I wrote that piece yesterday and in it I mentioned that, you know, we were all very young. It was our first time traveling. And when we when we were leaving, we were like kids going to Disneyland. We were like, oh, the excitement of what lay ahead and the experience we were going to have. But you'll never imagine yourself becoming so jaded that you're hearing explosions in the middle of the night and you're thinking, oh, do I have to get up? How close is that? You know, because, it, it, you know, it comes to a certain point and you're in Groundhog and you're in there for the night. Um, but you're at that point where you're literally so jaded, you're thinking, oh, I, I'll get away with another minute. I'll wait for the next one and see how close that is. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's crazy to think that that's real. And it, it actually is. Anybody who served out there will tell you they've done the same thing at any point, you know. But yeah, you are in danger all the time out there. Because the quarters, they're basic, they're Spartan, but they're okay. Mm. But you could be having a mm. night's sleep and the bangs start. And before you know it, mm. you're there in your flak jacket and your helmet in what I could only describe as, describe the bunker for me. It's literally a concrete tube. And you crawl in and you sit and you wait. Yeah, there's there's that. We had that bunker was outside. It wasn't used as much as the dining hall. Um, so our dining hall was kind of, it was built, there was gabion walls all around it. So they were there to protect it. And it was just a much bigger space. We wouldn't have all fit into our tube of a bunker. Um, but I, I remember one night in particular, I was on duty in the Compton, which in bunker situations, anyone working in the Compton went to the Compton. It was kind of built half underground, mm. if you like. Um, and I was on duty in there and just the next thing out of the blue it was complete silent night very quiet and then a mortar round struck our camp and my friend who I shared a house with in Limerick at one time was on the roof he was patrolling the roof that was his job at that time and I'd been just talking to him on the the field phone at the time Um, and next thing there was this big bang the whole building shook and the mortar actually struck the roof so 
you know, for for a second, I'm diving at the groundhog alarm, not that anybody needed it because the whole place was bloody awake at that time. But I'm thinking, is he dead or alive up on that roof? He was, you know, a really good friend of mine. And a few seconds later, another round struck our camp and there was machine gun fire striking the buildings in our camp. You know, our, our gym was riddled, our generator shed mm. that powered the camp was hit. Um, and, and as I wrote about in, in my piece yesterday, the next morning we found an unexploded mortar round right at the accommodation block. So, I mean, you're there and that's completely out of the blue. One minute you're, I'm sitting down having a cup of tea, I'm on duty, dead quiet, chatting to the lad on the roof and 10 seconds later, he could be dead up on the roof. He was injured. He Luckily, he survived. He was fine, but he was injured. There was two people injured that night because somebody was running to the bunker underneath that roof and a big chunk of masonry fell down and hit him on the head. Um, so, yeah, we had two injuries that night and it could have been so much worse, you know. But that's that's just out of the blue, and that was that was average. I mean, that happened more than once, you know. Not not to the extent of that night. That night was probably the worst. But mm. yeah, you're always in that situation. You don't know what kind of night you're going to have or what's going to happen. Yeah, there was an early morning walk. I'm sure you did it. Uh, your highest point was the the famous Hill 880. That had that mm. road had to be walked up. It, they had, there was a special name for it. I've forgotten it. It had to be walked every morning and mine-swept at first light. That was terrifying. The early birds. The early birds. Yeah, the early bird patrol. Yeah, They went off in all directions. Yeah, so we had outposts. We had our, our main camp and then we had outposts around and the road to each post had to be walked and mine-swept. Um, I think it was around six in the morning, every morning, before any transport or before anybody could leave before anything could leave the camp that had to be done so yeah that was that was another aspect of it yeah, yeah, yeah every right. single day every single day and you know I, I think and maybe I'm wrong here Michelle when you come home you talked among yourselves but you didn't was it a decision or was it just look people weren't interested you, I think this is the first time I've ever heard you talk so openly about your own experience is is that the case with people who come back from from foreign like that? I think, you know, we're very Irish, PJ, and I think the likes of counselling, people are coming around to it now. And I do remember actually towards the end of our tour, our CO called us all in um, just to kind of a, a final debrief before going home. And, you know, it was a very active tour. And I, I do remember being asked, you know, if, if, if you feel you need to talk to anybody where, you know, and but I, I think it was more of a tick the box kind of thing. But it yeah. was offered, but it would have been completely alien to me to think, oh God, I can sit down and talk to a complete stranger about this. Because I suppose again, during the time there, you, you the soldiers serving together, they become completely almost enmeshed in each other's lives. Mm. So you're you're talking about things constantly and you're cracking jokes about things that aren't a bit funny, but they're what get you through. Mm. Um, and that's the way it is and to this day you now we're here and we're talking we still talk anytime we get together we still talk about that trip and we still talk about what happened that night with the shelling and you know we do talk about it but yeah I suppose it's not it's probably it could be completely different now I'd imagine it is um, with with counsellors and things like that and I would imagine the people who are in that convoy PJ will need they should have they should have a lot of help you know I think yeah. they're going to need it they're, they're going to need absolutely. to get their heads around absolutely I feel, feel so yeah. much for them I mean poor, poor Sean made the ultimate sacrifice and mm. but we, we must think and, and another East Corkman Shane 
Um, he's yeah. seriously injured. He seems to be okay from the information we can get out of it, but he he's seriously injured and his family have asked for prayers for his recovery. Yeah. Absolutely. And then as well, you need to think about the other six people that were in those Jeeps. Yes. I mean, that would be horrific for them yes. to to have witnessed that. Thank um, you for mentioning that, that, Michelle. Thank you for mentioning that because that's something a, a simple layman like myself might not have thought of. But go on. Well, I, I mean, you can imagine the people that were in that Jeep with, with Sean Rooney and they see him being shot and... You know, that I don't know how you would get your head around that because they would have been very close. They would have been very close friends. Um, and the people that were in the other Jeep, the four lads in the other Jeep, it could have been them. They got separated. They're always going to be asking questions of themselves and of the situation. And it's just, it's it's going to be an awful lot for them mm. to come to terms with. It's a bit like you can remember the night you were worried for your friend. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm, and and that's, I suppose that's what comes into your head when you hear things like this, because you know how close they all are at this stage. Um, you know, within a week of being out there, you're very, you're close to the people around you, even the ones that would normally maybe annoy you on an average day because mm. you are stuck in a small area. But you are still like a, a family. And, and mm. just to think of anything happening to any one of them, that, you know, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's mind boggling, really. Have you been back since? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I would. I'd. I'd actually love to go back there because it, Lebanon is such a beautiful country, and the people there. Ah, oh, the people there. The, the local people that that I would have that would have been in the village of Hadatta were just the loveliest people. They're they're so warm and welcoming. They'd give you the shirt off their back. Like they're they're lovely people, mm. and they're most like they're very close to the Irish. The Irish are in their hearts out there, you know. So I, I know they probably would be feeling this as well. Yeah, it's the average Lebanese yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, having seen photographs of how the Irish get enmeshed in the locals and how they make friends and yeah. they stay. Yeah, and it is like you said, it's a stunningly gorgeous part of the world as well. Beautiful, to, to it's beautiful. Michelle, listen, thank you, thank you for your service and you uh, in the time and you, you, you're. Um, you're writing about your time now. You're get, gathering old stories, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what? I've actually sent a book away to my editor at the moment and I feel very funny about it now because um, it's it's gone, it's finished, but it's it's another thriller, but it is based in Hadatta. Ah, <laughs> so, really? So I've been, yeah, I've been really kind of um, absorbed in in Lebanon and in Hadatta and in everything about that for the last number of months because I've been writing um, but it's it's fiction what I'm writing. But yeah. then you something like this happens, and it's you know it's yeah. so far removed. Well, I can't, I can't yeah. wait to read it. I, I can't wait to read it, Michelle. And so we'll we'll talk to you sometime in 2023. You and the family have a have a wonderful Christmas, and we'll see you in 2023. Happy Christmas, PJ. Thanks Take very care. much. Take care, Michelle Dunn. Um, the reality of it. The reality. Her books, by the way, if you want to read them. Um, her two books about uh, Lindsay Ryan, who was a former soldier. They're called The Invisible and While Nobody Is Watching. And if you pop into my pal John Breen at Waterstones or any bookshop of your choice, you could not buy two better Cork books for a person who enjoys great fiction. Thanks, Michelle. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. Christmas!
Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Courts 96 FM. If you're taking a taxi over the next couple of nights, the last couple of nights in the run-in to Christmas, be very, very careful. We don't know if it's happened in Cork yet, but it could. This was a story broken yesterday by the Irish Independent about an organised crime gang who they now reckon have netted around €300,000 from an elaborate and nasty scam. And now not only have they got your money, they're getting into people's emails. And it involves a bogus taxi. And it involves a way of getting around the face ID, the facial recognition system on your phone and a way to get around passwords. Ronan Murphy of Smart Tech. Ronan, this is this is scary, lad. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's a lot to unpack in it, actually. Um, I think the 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 the, the taxi piece is almost, I would say, secondary. It starts off. Uh, the fraud starts off with what we call shoulder surfing, which I'm, you know, people are familiar with. Your listeners, sp- specifically when they go to their ATM, right? You know, you cover your 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 pin when you're putting in your card. Mm. But w- what they're doing in this particular instance is they're identifying their victim pretty early on in in the evening as they're out socialising, and then they'll typically stalk that victim um, as they move from venue to venue, and they'll try and uh, shoulder surf them. Um, and try and see if they can get access uh, or view when they're accessing their uh, mobile device so they get the pin code. So that's where it all starts off, right? So that's that's sinister enough, and I guess it's scary enough in its own right. Um, once they've identified the code, the, the next key um, part of the fraud is they need to get their hands on the device, right? So they either um, they try and steal it or they, they attack them and try and rob it, um, or they use this taxi as their um, opportunity to get the, the, the device off the individual. Now, they, honestly, it, it feels like, the, you know, that's, that's a bigger crime than the actual stealing of the money, if you will, because you 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 could argue that they're actually kidnapping somebody. So so, so when that individual goes out, they know they're going to have problem getting a, a taxi home, and they follow them. And when they're trying to get a cab, they'll 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 pull up alongside them, and the victim will get into the taxi. Um, what then happens is isn't clear from the articles that have been published. They need to obviously steal the device from the individual in the taxi. So you could argue that they're they're kidnapping them and they're stealing the device um, or they're getting their hands on the device in some way, sort, shape or form. What they're then doing isn't overly sophisticated. I mean, they've already uh, acquired the pin code because they've shoulder uh, surfed them inside in the venue. They've they, they accessed the phone um, and then they're hoping that they can either course the pin code for the online banking from the user or in many cases, the access code for the phone is the same as the code that they use for their online banking. And then they'll access that and they'll try and clean out their bank account or their Revolut account, mm. or they will um, try and you know break into their emails and so forth. So it, it's all depending on, on how they get their hands on the phone and how much access they can gain. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. By the information that they've shoulder-surfed. Um, so it does a lot, it does a lot to unpack there. It's quite sinister. Mm. The breaking of the facial recognition mechanism was the one that scared me because when that came out, Ronan, we were always told, "Well, only you can get into your phone." Even with a even with a mask on during during the pandemic, you couldn't get into your phone. But they've managed to crack that. Um, well, they have because once um, uh, once they get access to the actual device itself, and they have the pin code for the device. Um, it's then very easy to go in to just to change the settings and to reset the facial recognition and to do all that sort of stuff, you know. So, I mean, getting the master access code to the device is 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 the the key part of this fraud. I see. And then they can. You, it comes back to an old bugbear of yours, Ronan, of having the same password or code for everything. Don't exactly. Well, don't. Now, look, in in this particular case, PJ, I mean, um, that's all kind of secondary, right? If you've been kidnapped in a taxi. True. Very true. <laughs> you, you, could, you, could, you could argue that too, you know. I mean, we're talking about two kind of different spectrums of uh, of crime in this regard, right? You're talking about, you know, um, stealing a password and shoulder surfing through to full-blown kidnapping. So it's, um, I'm, I'm not... Sh- I'm not entirely sure from this article where the whole taxi piece actually fits in because once they get you into the taxi, they still need to get your phone. Yes. So they're, they're, they're kind of moving from, you know, petty crime to pretty serious crime in, the, yeah. in one foul swoop, you know. Ken, Ken Foy is writing here. Uh, it's, it's in today's paper. He said they often call an accomplice in a bogus. The driver parks near where the victim has been targeted and then will attempt to pick up the person and steal the phone. So one, what happens in the taxi is still not in the articles, but one assumes it's nothing pleasant. Yeah, so like, I mean, you've gone, you, you've, you've really gone to a whole new degree of crime there, right? It's a completely different conversation from, from uh, 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 you know, steal, stealing money out of a, out of a bank account. As, as um, always, Ronan, Ger- um, Fergal is thinking on his, on his feet here, um, as only he can. And he said, one way of doing it is saying that they can't, their GPS isn't working. And could I have a look at your Google Maps? Could you open your Google yeah, Maps yeah. to home? That's one way yeah, of doing exactly. it. 
Yeah, exactly. And grab the phone and exactly spot on. I mean, there's a, there's a number of different ways of, of getting your hands on the phone. I, I, I think I read in one of the articles they said they do it by force. So obviously yeah. they, they beat the person up. But, but either way, right, whatever way you look at this, you are gone to a whole new level of, of, of criminality oh. once you... Once you once you kidnap somebody in a taxi, it's pure. It's it's pure nasty. Just be very very careful, Ronan. Is the is the message? And with the shortage Indeed. of taxis, and I'm going to go there now. With the shortage of taxis, people are getting getting caught. The Indus says as well. One fella got a, got got bashed. All right. Um, so so thank you for that, Ronan. Just be careful that this is how they're doing it. It's a very very elaborate scam. Let me go to uh, Jer. Ger Mag Mackin from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland. Now, Ger is based in Dublin where all this is going on. It could happen in Cork, which is why we're trying to you know, put you on your guard. Ger, good morning. Good morning to you, PJ. How are you? Good. This is, this is sinister. As Roland said, this is not just robbing someone's ID and, and getting at their phone. This is kidnapping and theft. Well, it... it, 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 it Legitimate taxi drivers don't know uh, a whole lot about us, and all we can do is uh, go on what the hearsay is out there as well in relation to us. And um, uh, apart from, uh, you know, your GPS and what have you, is um, people getting into the taxi, and what some uh, taxi drivers used to do is, if they were halfway wary of, of people, they'd say, uh, just give me your phone there so you're not going to do a runner uh, when you get to the end just throw it there on the seat and uh, so it was a security for, for them to know that they were going to get paid yeah. uh, at the at the end of the journey uh, but um, it, it was seldom done but this is seemingly what has happened the, the chap that uh, got the 1,300 euro to, uh, taken off him. One of the first incidents that happened was the, the chap uh, and uh, when he got out of the car to walk to the window to get his phone uh, your man just left him standing on the side of the road and drew, right. drove off there. That's right. yeah. And it, it, there was a woman involved in it that was sitting in the car until uh, the chap was uh, approached the car and, and she got out uh, seemingly to let him in uh, and ma- to make him think that it was a, a, a legitimate taxi. Yeah. Now, the the best thing that anyone can do in relation to security in taxis is download the driver check app from the National Transport Authority. And when you're walking to the taxi, all you have to do is key in the roof sign and to tell you the, uh, the taxi and the person who is driving it. And... If people do that, it'll leave them an awful lot uh, safer right. in relation to us. So, I mean, even if the sign has a number on it, if it's not the legit, if it's not a legit number, what will come up on the app? It, it'll well, nothing will come up on the app. There'll be no pictures. Uh, uh, nothing will come up if, if you key in uh, anyone's roof sign number, their photograph, and the make a taxi that they're driving. Mm. Uh, will come up on it. This was this has gone back to when Alan Kelly was junior minister. Um, myself and the car ta- taxi, uh, and uh, people from all over the country brought this forward to, to the transport, and it was introduced. Mm. Now, what they, this this these individuals are capitalising on is 
the mandatory acceptance of credit cards by by taxis. Oh. So um, that was, uh, in my opinion, it was never introduced properly by the NTA, and uh, proper training was never given to to individuals that we were promised that right. would happen. And uh, there, there's no one device out there. There's several. You have to hand phones back and forth in relation to. Uh, uh, this now, what we promoted ourselves was a standalone device by uh, uh, an Irish company that uh, has a pin code in it. You hand it back. It's the same as any restaurant where you go into. But um, th- th- this has these have capitalised right. on the mandatory acceptance. Like we've asked the NTA. There's another. Uh, system there where it's a fair calculator where you can get into a taxi and uh, on your own phone you can estimate how much uh, the fare is going to cost before you uh, make the journey and if you drivers can ask for money up front if if they think like you know uh, that the person mightn't pay at the end of Mm. it but the major problem in the whole industry is lack of policing there's a few enforcement officers out there yeah. employed by the NTA, and what we have asked for years upon years is a, 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 a transport police yeah. demand taxi ranks to make sure taxis are legitimate. The few people that stare from the NTA cannot stop a taxi. They have to be on a taxi rank or stopped at the side of the street before they investigate us, and it's absolutely not good enough. I think more manpower should be given to the guardie. Okay. Gardy should take back over the the, the regulation of 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 mm. the operation of taxis. All right, Ger, thank you. I'm going to talk to Bobby Lynch locally in just a minute. Ger Mackin from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland. Thank you. Uh, another thing with regard to checking the driver app, by the way, is yeah. Then you sit into the car and you write, write this is a legitimate taxi and a legitimate driver. Just make sure that the picture on your phone matches the picture on the dashboard. That's another one to watch. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Controversial Scottish satirist and comedian Frankie Boyle is set to bring his lap of shame show to Cork Opera House in the new year when he plays the venue on Thursday, March 23rd. Tickets are on sale now from the venue's box office and from CorkOperaHouse.ie. Access all areas. Ollie Moores returns to Cork to play live at the marquee as he tours the release of Marry Me, his first new studio album in over four years. He comes to Leaside on Friday, June 9th with very special guest True Tides with tickets on sale now. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Cork's 96 FM. Before I go to Bobby Lynch from the Cork Taxi Council, William. Hi, PJ. Um, I'm a taxi driver in Cork, and I would say over the last five minutes, you've mentioned that it's a taxi, that it's taxis are doing this illegal thing, the kidnapping and everything else in Dublin. They are not taxis. They They're are pe- taxis, yeah. operating illegally yeah. as taxis, pretending yeah. they're taxis. Yeah. They are not taxis, and we're getting a bad press at the moment right. from all over the country stating that people can't get home because there's not enough taxis. There's plenty of taxis. The problem is 
there's not enough public service vehicles. Right? There's no buses. In Cork, we have a 24-hour one out to Ballincollig yeah. and down to Crosshaven. There's no other 24-hour buses. If you go to Dublin tonight... I have disease the, them, I know uh, that. I know that. Yeah. But the, 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 no, but what I say is, if you go to Dublin tonight at half past 11, 1,300 brand new buses will park up in Dublin tonight. I know. And won't, won't close at 6 in the morning. The Lewis shuts down. The Dart shuts down. So we, we as taxi drivers all over the country get the blame for not getting people home. Now, I worked at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So... Nightclubs and late night bars close at half past two, so by the time they're out in the streets, we'll say a lot of them is quarter to three, three o'clock. If you were if you were inside in Cork City after ten to four on Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday morning, you wanted to be in there. Everybody who wanted to be home at quarter to four, ten to four was gone, and I think that's pretty good. That, that's pretty good going. And to be to be fair, William, anyone I know, and I was out Friday night. I got the bus home, but I was out. Anyone how I know that needed a taxi on Friday night was able to get one and, and, and that is a very valid they might have to wait but they, they would get one that's a valid point and okay we did say according to the independent this is these are bogus bogus it's not a taxi it's, a, it's, 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 it's pretending to be a taxi it's presenting itself as a taxi but it's, it's not a taxi so and that's why we're talking to the legitimate taxi outlets we're talking to the taxi alliance and I'm now going to talk to, to Bobby Lynch we're saying that William we know that this is bogus taxis. These are con men. These are not actual taxi drivers. But your point's a good one. And well made. And happy to clarify. These are bogus taxis that are doing and involved in this. Bobby Lynch from Cork Taxi Council. Hi, Bobby. Good morning, uh, PJ. Have you Good come morning. across this in Cork yet, mate? No, the first I heard of it there, yes. And there was a few of us talking about it. We were quite shocked that this thing is just happening and taxis are just... I'll just be named like that chap William uh, uh, pointed out there is that like it's uh, since we turned the since the, the mandatory uh, credit card came in we're all kind of worried about it because everyone that is getting into a car now they're called quite used to using their card and they're saying can we tap no mm. tap seems very good it's very fast and everything's great but like how do I know that person owns that cab? Now that's that's another one. They made it very very easy for for the for the guy yeah. stuff to, to like. I often phone credit cards and stuff inside my car. I often phone them on the side of the road when people are walking up towards the taxi, pulling yeah. their wallet out. Is that is that why you think people aren't taking it, Bobby? Because that came up that came up a couple of times on the show during the early well, practice. Didn't the banks make it very easy for the youngster to be flashing his car here, tap this, tap that, for everything, and the, the criminal is laughing, because if he, if he finds that cab, or robs that cab off him, he, all he has to do is sit into a taxi, or go into a shop, and tap. So you're saying it's to protect the customer that you're not taking cars, I, I, No, I, I will always take the cab. None of right. us will refuse the cars, no. But the, 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 by law, a fellow's entitled to refuse to take a car, because cab is not legal tender, PJ. It was never challenging the court of law. Uh, it was never challenging. Cash, Bobby, cash you're stretching a the point tender. there, no, mate. You're stretching a I point. I am, but I'm I, 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 By the way, I'm a great advocate for the choice. Yeah. I'm a great advocate for see, the choice, yeah. but I, you know. But do you see the dangers, though? Taxi drivers are worried that they, they, when they go on the end of the journey, that when a person pulls out a cab, it's either robbed or it don't work. Mm. No. If, if I pick up the person in the morning and the fare is 20, 30 euro, and it goes to my my bank, and next day I get a card from the girls, you picked up a fellow with a rob card, do I have to take that money out of my bank account and give it back? 
Am I the loser again? Am I the... the, 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 the no, my told us that. As John Mackin pointed out there, we asked for to be trained in all this before they launched it. Uh. We weren't against it. We were for the care payment. But they never did anything they promised us to do. And, and are you suggesting, Bobby, that this bogus, and I'll use the word because William has asked me to and I respect that, this bogus taxi that's, that's robbing people like has been happening in Dublin. It's been, it's been around PJ for a hell of a long, long time. Yeah. And there's no one doing nothing about right. the bogus taxi driver. They do something about me. The force officers will pull me in. And if my bandage or if my uh, first day kid isn't up to date, I get an 80 or a fine. That's all the enforcement officers can do at the moment. They have no powers. Fair enough, fair enough. Bobby, no. but your, your advice to people, how would I spot, how would I be sure that the taxi I want if I'm out this Saturday night or this Friday night well, is, John is legit? John Mackin pointed out the taxi ID. That's the thing that we, we got part in when we, when we sat in the council. And like, they, they were against it. Right? But it's more about the safety for the public. That's what we fought on. And we got that in. And drivers are delayed. But the, the thing is, when people come out in nightclubs at night and there's no police on the roads, there's no girls there. They're, they're not there. It's not the girls' fault. And there's no enforcement officers out. PJ, going back a few years ago, we had a marshal taxi rank outside Brown Thomas and I walked the trees. I remember it. Yeah, I walked the trees. And you know what happened? They took it away because it was walking. Anything that works for us, they don't. They don't let it there. PJ, it was like, I know I, I'm laughing, but it sounds. It sounds like See, I actually got. I don't know why they it, took it away, Bobby. Yeah, but I, I tell it because it works. It, actually, it shows up. It shows up that they're not doing their job. Well, exactly it's, it's, it is. It is one way but of looking PJ, at it. But you'd be advising people it, to be careful and make sure the taxi you're getting into is well, legit. The taxi drivers are out there that we know that are fully licensed are, are, are genuine fellas. But PJ, this fellas going on. It's happened for years. Though. We proved we're part modern. Anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. And then, then the powers that be tell it, oh, that don't happen at all. Everything happens. But the, the powers that be want to wake up and listen Fair to point. the army taxi driver out there. Fair There's point. no bosses in this industry. We're all together. Fair point. We're all as one. But PJ... Are you not going to solve it? You're not going to solve it. And why don't you get someone from DNT to come on here and explain when when taxes are getting a bad name again? It's horrible. Well, well, again, we're doing our level best to reiterate the point, Bobby. Bogus. The bus driver, taxes. the bus driver out there, the buses don't take care. Why? Well, the buses have... do take care. They take their own bus leap card. They do, yeah. They take their own leap card. Do you hear anyone? Well, no, and, leap I, I, and that haven't been said. Bobby, yeah. uh, that's only because we haven't moved into it yet because I was in Spain. Well, I mean, all, all, all the buses take care in Spain. Everything that happens out there, the taxi drivers getting slated, and it's not nice. Well, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, Bob. I know I'm you're not, not doing that, PJ. I know you're not doing <laughs> I'm that. I'm trying to point you, out to people there are bogus fake taxis out there, you know? Stand. DNT is in charge of us, and I shouldn't be on here as a cock rep defending the taxis when DNT is ruining us. All right. Listen, I'm glad you're on, Bobby, and I wish you and all of your legitimate colleagues a very happy and prosperous Christmas, because I know it's a busy and hopefully prosperous week or ten days for you across the Christmas and the New Year, and particularly, and they go on my list, 
of people who will be working Christmas Day, there will be taxi drivers out on Christmas Day. Either working the few hours or working the f- full day. 0818 96 96 96. Right, a couple of these. We've more to do. We'll be doing these for the rest of the show because we've loads of them. Jan, your Christmas disaster. Hi, You're on the radio. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? What happened? Good. <laughs> Back in the early 90s, my late husband took the two kids off tree hunting. Yeah. They ended up in the Colte, as was usual that time. Yeah. For the beautiful trees in Holly. Great place for them, yeah. Found the lovely tree, put it up on top of the roof of the van, and when they came home, no tree. Oh, my God. They had lost the tree between... <laughs> The cold K and here. Now, where, where, where's here, Jan? With, no, where's here? Ballinock. Oh, crikey, okay. Yeah, so they had, the van had no windows, so one of the kids was in the back of the van, so they couldn't see out, so nobody saw the tree falling. So somebody, obviously, that year got a lovely tree for themselves. You should have seen the kids' faces when they pulled up. Either, and either that, free. Jan, either that, Jan, <laughs> or someone was driving in the other lane. <laughs> And suddenly no, no, has a Christmas no, well, there was nothing. There was no no comeback on it or anything. So we we assumed that it was just lost somewhere on the side of the road. And, and what, what what did you do for a tree? They had to go looking for another one. And uh, believe me, now PJ, the ordeal was huge that time. It had to be the perfect tree. Of course, still has to be the perfect tree. Of course, tree. it does. Of course, it does. Still has to be the perfect tree, and we still have a real tree. So it's the part of Christmas that stays with us. The aroma because it gives us. Memories from long ago and all the happy times we had. Sure. So, But we can laugh about this now. Ah, now that's, that's a great story. The kids story. are grown up with families of their own and we relate the stories to them, but we laugh about it now. There were uh, tears that day, but I we see. laugh now. That's a great story. Jan, thank you. That's a lovely story. There was a tree, top of the van, no tree when they got home. That'll take a bit of beating. Angela, can you beat that? Oh. Morning. Good morning, PJ. How right. are you? What happened to you? What happened to me was I was it was my first time now in move into a new house yeah. and I invited my family for Christmas dinner and I had my kids small at the time. So that was okay. I had everything on prep, it was all done and you know, cooking and it was going well. That was okay anyway. At the end of it anyway, I decided to take the turkey out of the oven. So I took it out of the oven, PJ, and it fell upside down on the floor. <laughs> How on earth? Oh, I do not know. I caught the tray awkward. It was a bit hot, you know, the tin, yeah. the tray. And I caught it, oh, I must have caught it awkward or something. I don't know how it happened. But it went upside down. It was in bits on the floor. <laughs> and my... Had you, had you the roast potatoes inside it? Had you... Everything, <laughs> everything. You name it was in there. Oh. And it went all over the floor, but it was it was only a good job that my parents didn't arrest their souls. Now they didn't see it because I was square out there you on my hands and knees scraping up the turkey. You didn't. I did. I had to pee there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the child because we said we no dinner, no turkey. Oh, for goodness sake. I know, PJ, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare, honestly. <laughs> what's what's that under the table? Oh, it's a stray Brussels sprout. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the evidence, PJ. <laughs> oh, God, that's brilliant, Angela. That's oh, stop. <laughs> no, PJ. It was a disaster. I'm telling you, you know, it wasn't <laughs> funny. I'm laughing at it today. 
You know, I think of that every Christmas day. I know. Uh, that's absolutely fabulous. Angela, thank you. Oh, that's given us a laugh. Actually, do you know what? Something you should try to see over the Christmas. Thanks, Angela. We've more of these. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Getting loads of reminders about people who'll be working on Christmas Day. I'm, make, I'm like Santa. I'm making a list and checking it twice because I don't want to leave anybody out. So we'll get to them in a little while. Also getting fellas as well coming on about their, and women coming on about their Christmas disasters. Angela's is going to take some beating, as will Jan's. But that's classic. It really is is class. There is a voice message in the system there, guys. I'll get to it in just a second. Um, more calls on your Christmas disasters before 12, though, for sure. 0818 96 96 96 is the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. The email is opinion at 96fm.ie. And by the way, over Christmas, we won't be here, obviously, finishing up on Friday until the new year. But the email... We'll be accessing that all the time over the holidays. If it's something you think we should be aware of. Right, let's get that's a traffic message in from our own Ken Paris. Hi guys, there has just been an accident at the end of the Blackpool Bypass coming in uh, from the Commons Road. It's just at the lights by Dino's. Uh, two cars involved. Guards haven't arrived yet. It's literally just happened. It's going to cause us some problems for a little while. It's going to affect traffic on the outside lane and just that filter lane as you turn right to go up to Popham's Road. Thanks for that, Ken. Accident near Dino's there out the Commons Road. Uh, there was also an accident outside the Maryborough House Hotel. I hope everybody's okay there. That was in the last while. Uh, just take it handy on the roads. In, in the run-up to Christmas. They're busy at the best of times, but they're even busier now. Uh, we got a message from Lebanon. I'll, I'll hold that one, lads. I'll do it in a minute. But first of all, before the news, I was telling you about something you might want to watch on the telly if you can find it. And that's the Royal Family Christmas special, which we think is called The New Sofa. It's the one where the turkey is frozen. It's it, Like I said, it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever watched on the telly. But something else, it's brand new and it's going out this Wednesday, which is December the 21st. It is a dramatisation on Channel 4 of the Wagatha Christie libel trial. Remember, this was one of the big showbiz and celebrity stories of the year. It was. Uh, it's a dramatisation of the court case between Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy. And that took up pages and pages of paper and hours and hours of discussion throughout the year. And the verdict came and, and all of that. But now it has been made into a television drama, the first episode of which will be on Channel 4 on Wednesday night. Now, that's kind of not the main reason for talking about it. The main reason is it is it, it is produced by Una Carney. And you say to me, who is Una Carney? Well, I'm going to find out because you're from Ballin Temple, Una. Good morning. 
good morning, uh, PJ. How are you? Um, I am from Valentempo, but firstly, I need to say I am. There, there's two Cork women involved in this production. Right. I'm the director, and the producer is Julie Ryan. Right. So um, two Cork women. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do two Cork women end up being the producer and director of a TV drama involving Bardy and Rooney? Well, Julie, the producer, um, has been working with a UK company um, for for a couple of years, and with her own company, MK One Productions, um, making making quite a few television shows. So they were working together anyway when sort of the the trial happened, and Chalkboard TV were interested in in sort of the potential of it, um, and. Uh, they, they had a meeting with Channel 4 about another project and it came up and next thing this this, this was going. So it was Julie um, was working on it before me and then when she was looking for a director um, she approached me and then I pitched internally to them and then we pitched to Channel 4 and next thing we were all off to Hungary to, to shoot it. To um, it, it happened very, very fast. To Hungary? It was, uh, was great, yeah. Filmed in Hungary? Yeah, it was filmed in Budapest and there was kind of the main reason for that was time. Um, we, you know, th- this trial, as you know, happened in May um, and the commission happened in June. So often a commission takes several weeks and months to happen and then you'd have maybe months or years of development. So everything was happening at a pace. Um, so in, in the work that they did and sort of trying to source a, a courtroom and um, they did look at Ireland, of course, but there wasn't something available like straight away that we needed that would fit so we had to go abroad um, for that reason Okay, okay. Now it's in two parts, part one on Wednesday, when is the second part then? Yeah, the following night on oh. Thursday, same time, nine o'clock Excellent, yeah. and they're two hour long episodes Yeah, yeah. that's it How yeah, do you squash seven days. I was just going to say, <laughs> how do you squash yeah. seven days of court and all of the surrounding melodrama, because there was plenty of it <laughs> into two hours of television well, lots of cups of coffee, um, <laughs> lots of Zoom calls um, between, you know, eight, nine people, the, the writers, Chris Atkinson, Mike Foot, the two commissioners, Tom, Catherine, they're both producers, Julie, myself, Matt Henderson, the script editor, um, kind of on, on Zoom every day working, um, giving feedback on the latest drafts. And, you know, I suppose like with any development process, you you make decisions and that takes you in a certain direction. Then you reverse them. It was just that we were having to do this quickly. But we, we did go down a few different avenues and we kind of, you know, we were drawn to some of the, the transcripts, which were maybe some of the funniest parts. But in the end, we, we kind of thought what's really important is that the audience understand the arguments of the two barristers, um, Sherburn and Tomlinson, and, you know, how they cross-examined um, the two women. So what we have is is two episodes. One is Vardy's episode and the other is Rooney's in the sense that Vardy's on the stand and then Rooney's I on the see. stand. And there are a couple of other people who are on right. the stand briefly, including Wayne Rooney um, and uh, an FA official. But really, the two episodes are, are focused on the two okay, women. Okay, so you focused about the on the two main main protagonists and obviously being a docudrama and the necessity to report clearly and accurately on on the, on, a, on a court case um it, it'll be fascinating you'll be will you be using actual court transcripts yeah 
Yeah, no, they're kind of the the basis of the drama. And I suppose it's important, you know, we weren't, because working this fast, we were, we're not trying to tell the story of Rooney and Vardy. We're, we're, we're telling the courtroom drama and the transcripts were, are at the heart of this. So, Excellent. you know, it's it's not that our writers have gone away and made and made things up, but the, it's been a huge exercise in sort of editing and shaping the kind of material that we had to work with. I mean, how do the two sides feel about this, do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, we have As, had as the saying goes these days, were they approached for comment at any point? No, not by our teams, because again, we, we, we said, you know, we'll, we'll focus on the transcripts like you would with any script. And then as director, my job is to come in and sort of try to understand um, what's at stake in a given sequence, in a given exchange. You know, what's making um, Sherburne, the, the lawyer or Tomlinson, take that tack and what's what's uh, what's making uh, Vardy give that response or really that response. So that's that's kind of the work you do um, as a director. And then, you know, lar- larger than that, you know, in terms of um, their lives and their take on it, I think they're they may be in discussion with with um, different streamers to to tell their own versions yeah. in documentaries. So um, I'm sure those two versions will be very different. Yeah, they will. But we've we've tried to be fair based yeah. on on the material yeah. we had. But yeah. ba- based on court transcripts, transcripts, reproducing court transcripts in the form of a script. You can't be more accurate than that. Good luck with it, Una and Julie as well. It's 20, 21st December, which is Wednesday night, 9 o'clock on Channel 4, and the second part, the second night, 9 o'clock on Channel 4, also on all four. Brilliant, thank you. Cheers, that's Una Kearney uh, from Cork. She is the director of the new Channel 4 drama and uh, the other uh, Cork woman involved, uh, Julie, is... The, the producer of it, and it is called Vardy v Rooney, a courtroom drama. Channel Four do good stuff; they do a lot of very good, very solid stuff. So look forward to that. At some stage over Christmas, you can either watch it tomorrow night on Channel Four or pick it up anytime you want on uh, all four over the Christmas. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. Merry Christmas! With your local mace. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. Hear your favourite Christmas hits 24-7. Listen to Cork's 96 Miss. Streaming online now. With the Blackpool gift cards. They're the best with so much choice for all the family. Pure shopping. Pure Christmas. Pure Blackpool. Download our app or see 96FM. Adrian, you're next on the radio. Um, People working over the Christmas, Francis was on vets and their nurses, forgotten heroes that keep our pets and farm animals safe over Christmas. My daughter Nikki and some of her colleagues are working over the holidays, so please give them a mention. Thanks for that. Uh, Admin staff in the HSE because hospitals will of course be open admin staff in the HSE thank you uh, council workers the cleansing department who keep our streets uh, going at Christmas time um, why do radio stations mention never mention the largest group working hard on Christmas Day the mammies that's true too people in the hotel game because some hotels are open over Christmas particularly the five star ones thanks Katie for that. Social care workers, people working with children in care, foster carers, indeed and entirely. Uh, all the chefs in the hospitals, they'll be, they'll be busy. Lots and lots of people coming in 
who, for whom Christmas Day will be a normal working day, uh, even for the couple of hours. Um, and like I said, I'm make, making a list and checking it twice. Right, Adrian, what happened? Morning. Oh, morning, BJ. Merry Christmas. And to you, sir. What happened? Okay, so when I was nine years old, my brother, my older brother, uh, dis- discovered a snooker table that my mom had got us for Christmas. Oh, God. Okay. So he discovered it a couple of weeks early. Now, this wasn't our Santa present. This was a present from our mom. Yes. So uh, he discovered it. He put it together. And for a couple of weeks before Christmas, we were playing snooker. But we got into an argument one wait, day. Wait, 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 how? How? Because if mum was around the house, where, where, where were you? Oh, well, we used to get home just before mum did from work. So we got home from school just before mum. Right. And we had, we had a, a spare room where he had set her up in. And it was a room that was rarely used. So it was set up there. You sneaky little devils. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. So we were playing snooker for a few weeks before Christmas, and then we got into we got into a, phys, a physical fight. We ended up snapping the table in half. So oh my we this, God. so we put it back into the box, <laughs> taped taped the box back together, and then on Christmas Day we had to act all surprised and shocked that the uh, snooker table had broken. So on Saint Stephen's Day, then my mom raged back into Toy Master gave out stink to the lads and ended up getting us a new snooker table and it wasn't until about 30 years later that she actually discovered the truth. That's, that, that's my Christmas disaster. That's, uh, when did you decide it was time to tell her or did, did it come out by accident? It, it, it came out just uh, one Christmas we, we were just reminiscing but it only, only came out about two years ago. <laughs> how, did she, how did she react? She was shocked, absolutely shocked and she gave out stink to us. <laughs> <laughs> she did. And you know, the older you are, the more yeah. they give out? Yeah. And the harder it lands? Yeah. yeah. It's it still very funny, though. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a great story. Adrian, thanks. Found the snooker table, which was a present from Mammy, not Santi. Was playing with it upstairs in a back room that wasn't used. Had a fight. Broke it in two. Put it back in the box and said nothing. That's that snaky out, but funny. John! Hello, John. Hello, PJ. Merry Christmas to you. And to you, sir. You have a story for me. Two stories, actually. I have, yes. Well, the first one was, um, I suppose, you go down sort of a frightening one. It worked out that I had two daughters at the time, Mm. many, many years ago, and I was teaching them the value of money. Right. So, on the run-up to Christmas, I was giving them the old... um, uh, 10 shillings the silver coin yeah and uh, I was telling them to put her away and they could buy something for Christmas yeah as per normal so they picked a separate uh, place in the kitchen press for saying yeah and uh, of course when Christmas came they both decided that they were holding on to it so all went well Christmas day we are going visiting after dinner and we headed out to my mother-in-law's. Yeah. Was when we returned home, discovered the house had been broken into. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. They got through, I think it was the bathroom window, the small window, the bathroom, so naturally it must have been maybe children. Yeah. They had been, we, we found out that they had been bragging that they had money and where the money was at home and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. 
So it was the only thing touching the house now, in all fairness, apart from the fire. So what they were doing... The fire, the, the fire. Yeah, there was fire rods, you know. There was fire bank down for to keep the heat in the house while you were out. Yeah. I'm talking about many, many years ago, now over 40 years ago. Sure, sure, sure. Which was the only type of heating, I suppose, at that time. Yeah. So the... Um, they, they took whatever they wanted and went to them. But I'm, when we came in, we smelled the smell of barn coming in the hall. Yeah. And uh, when we walked into our surprise, somebody had pulled out the fire grate, okay. with the fire tongs or whatever, right. and emptied the contents of it on the carpet just in front of the heart. Oh, of the fire. that was nasty. Yeah, with the intent of, I suppose, setting fire to the, 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 the house itself. Oh. But unknowns to us when we bought the carpet, it was a fireproof carpet. Good. So all it done was just burned a circle in the carpet. And that horrible smell. Yeah, yeah. That so we had, yeah, we had that for a day or two or three. Yeah. Did, did, did you have another time, John, where the the guards came for the turkey or what? What was that about? <laughs> that, that's that's the second story. Uh, but wouldn't have been the same time. No, it might have been the Christmas or two later. Right. Christmas Eve, the usual story, the girl's off the bed again. And uh, the horse had put in the turkey because, you know, in those days, the turkey would have, well, a lot of people do, they'd have the old sandwich of turkey before they go to bed with the, the bottle of beer. Yes. Yeah, and uh, after about, say, an hour, hour and a half, the... Uh, there was no sign of the turkey changing colour. It, it, it probably did all right. It probably got bluer. But the, uh, the, um, on the, in, having a, being a tradesman, the, uh, I discovered that the, the oven was gone. All right. Oh, the, on, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve, about half ten, eleven o'clock. Oh, what a day. great time for the tr- for the oven to go! <laughs> what a marvelous time for the oven to yes, go! True, true. Yes, well, you know Murphy's law, but the, uh, we we agreed anyway. Uh, we'd ring my mother in the morning. We rang her, and she was going after my sisters for dinner. Mm. So she said, "Look, the, the house is yours. There, you can walk away." Right. The only time I ever saw a turkey was on the plate in front of me, so I put the turkey in there and put it onto the usual, and I knew it would take about an hour and a half. I would be been told by my at darling least. wife. Yeah. At least. So, at least, yeah. That's what I found out later. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I, I left it there, of course, doing a bit of noise in the room for the hour and a half and found the, the Christmas bottle and had couple of glasses. As you do, as you do. Not, not, not too, I mean, no, but... As you do, like, yeah. yeah. So, after, well, I didn't know what regular way it is, the open ass, but the thing has, um, it changed colour. Yes. So, I took it out and doing it the best way, but it was in the front seat of the car. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm driving home, and, and I'm just, but the end of Mulcurtain Street, and there's a guard standing out in the road with the hand up. Oh, no. Uh, I, I know. So I got that out because, you know, the smell of alcohol melts away in the fresh air. So I was, no, I just say, no, I wasn't drunk or anything. Oh, but but there you are. There you are with a half-cooked turkey in the passenger seat. <laughs> so I went out to him and he says, 
he, he was asking the questions and I was answering. So he looked in the window and he said, come here. What are you doing with that? I said, I tell you what, no, Clara, I said, it's, it's kind of homegrown and we're very fond of it. And we said, before we eat it, we take it for a spin. Oh, for goodness sake. So he stood and he looked at me and he burst out laughing. <laughs> and, and of course, he went up and knocked on the door. Mm. And out comes three or four more of them. And they're all breaking on the backside laughing, looking into the car. So I was told, go on the way home and enjoy your turkey. <laughs> sure, so the, I, at that stage, the turkey was only in the oven for an hour and a half. A good vet to get it flying again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great, that's a, that's a cracking story. That's a cracking story, John. You, you wouldn't get away with that today, and, and rightly so, I guess. After the couple of classes, you'd have been in far more trouble than you were then. Thank you, John. Right, where am I going? Line three, is it, lads? Martha. Hello, PJ. What happened to you? <laughs> well, what happened to us? I'm going way back now to about 1950. Two or three, I'd say. I can't remember the exact Good, year. It wasn't even around. We're, we're way, way out in the country now, in the heart of the country, and we were getting a new cooker. Right. And we were, we were the old Blarney range had done its bit, and we were getting a lovely posh new Rayburn. That was oh, the thing we get at the time. A Rolls so Royce of cookers, so yes. It was then, and everything in those days came by train. Yeah. Right? Now, at the same time, we had an aunt living in Kerry, and she was known as the hen woman. And she used to send us a turkey every year, which also came by train. And what happens just before Christmas, CIE has a strike. We have the old cooker taken out. No new cooker, no turkey. So what are we going to do? Mm. Our Christmas dinner consisted of a chicken, pot roasted on top of a primus stove. If you remember them? I do. And we had another little heater then, which was known as a blue boy. And we did this. We did the potatoes and the veggies on top of that, and it was the sweetest Christmas dinner ever. Oh, it must have tasted a bit, a bit like camping out, though. <laughs> it was. It was brilliant. It was just brilliant. Cracker, cracker. And, oh, chicken never tasted so good. I'll so say, I'll say that. Martha, thank that, you. That's our little that's story. Brilliant. Anyway. That's brilliant. Train strike messed up the Christmas dinner. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. One more, Nick. Hello, PJ. How are you? Hi. Yeah. What happened to you? Uh, well, Merry Christmas to you and the team there. Um, Thank you, sir. Uh, many years ago, um, six of us used to have a regular bachelor's party for Christmas. We were all single. Yeah. And it was for nobody, people that had no family, male or female. Yeah. And after eight o'clock at night, we'd have open house to get rid of the leftovers. Sure. But um, one couple, as happens at Christmas, had an argument and decided to leave in a hurry. Uh-huh. And I said, wait, let me open the gate, electric gate on the estate. Right. And they didn't wait for the gate to open and just drove straight through it. Oh, God. So it cost me thousands bet. to get the gate fixed yeah. and hire a security guard for 10 days until it could be repaired after New Year. Oh, my because, God. Because, you know, nothing happens between Christmas and New Year. That was an expensive party. It was indeed. Oh. And they still had to, they still had to fix their car as well. Oh my God! Yeah, let's read this before I go to the break because I, I think it's important. We were talking to Michelle Dunn earlier in the morning about her time as a soldier in Lebanon and how it never 
ever, ever leaves you. And she told the story about the night she was in the bunker and her friend was on the roof of the bunker, close friend of hers, on the roof of the bunker. And a shell came in and hit the bunker. Her friend was injured, but was okay. But of course, when the tragedy came out last week from Lebanon of Sean Rooney and Shane Carney, it put Michelle right back there into that night, into that bunker, and wondering about her friend. Good morning. I'd like to pick you up to Donbass. That's okay. We're a military family with 57 combined years served and still serving. In 1989, my boyfriend was in Lebanon and due home in May for our wedding. There was a news flash on RTE to say four Irish soldiers had been killed. We'd no phones, no emails, no text. Just a long night waiting to see if an army car would turn up at the door. It was 14 hours later when the news was released who and where they were from. It was a long night. He's now in his 38th year of service. My son left his school on a Friday and joined up on Wednesday at the age of 17. He spent his 19th birthday in the Golan Heights in Syria. He's now in his 10th year serving. My other son served for nine years but had to leave over pay issues as he has a family to support. I'm very proud of all my men in green and I'm a lucky woman that I still have them. For all those that have passed in recent years, they're never forgotten as they're all family members because that's what military life is. We're a family. Thank you for your compassion in the last few days. Well, thank you for your very kind words at the end of that message and thank all of your military family for their impeccable service. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 On Quartz 96FM. No doubt we'll come back to your Christmas disasters because there are many of them still coming in. 0818969696. First Christmas in Cork for a young man who's here from China. Um, a student... And I think it's fair to say, uh, Weiwei, you have fallen in love with the place in your few months here. Good morning. Good morning. Am I talking to um, FM 96? That's right. PJ here. A PJ? Okay. Yes. You've really fallen in love with Cork since coming here. Yes, I I have obsessed with Cork very much. When did you come? Um, Early September. Okay. So I've been here for almost four months. And you're studying here, I think. You? I'm working yes, as a translator. Yes, I'm studying in UCC. UCC. Okay. And, and you work as a translator, I think, do you? No, I, have, I haven't found a part-time job yet. I'm looking to find one uh, for the next semester. I see, I see. And what are you studying? Um, translation studies. Excellent, excellent. Well, may I compliment you on your, on your English? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> what, what part of China are you from? I'm from uh, I'm from Canton Province, which is very close to Hong Kong. Very good. Okay. So I come from a tropical area. Okay. Yeah. And is obviously it's your, your first Christmas in Cork. What, what what do you love about the place since you came here? What what has attracted you to us? Well, I learned that Irish has the best um, education in Europe, almost as good as in UK, but with a very more friendly price in living environment really which attract me a lot okay okay because we consider our, our cost of living very high here 
Well, because I my chosen is among other English English speaking countries. For example, um, UK, America, Canada. So by comparison, Ireland is very price friendly. Very good. Now, will it be your first real experience of Christmas? I, do 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 is it does it vary region to region whether China celebrates Christmas? Well, it depends. Um, um, especially younger generations do celebrate Christmas especially in uh, international cities like Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, or Shenzhen, uh, and especially in Hong Kong. So uh, because cities are becoming more and more advanced and multicultural, so we know a lot about Western Western festivals. They've discovered Santa. I'm sorry? The Chinese have discovered Santa Claus. I think we have... Um, little about knowledge about Santa Claus, yes. but we do celebrate Christmas for a delicious food, or you and you can see a beautiful decorations or ornaments in the streets during Excellent. Christmas. Of course, your big festival is the New Year, isn't it? Yes, we have our own Lunar New Year, which is our own um, New Year festival, mm, uh, usually in February. Yeah. It's around the end of January, start of February, isn't it? Yeah, we, we, yes, that's yeah. true. And now a lot of, I know a lot of people, tens of thousands of people go home for that. It wasn't possible during COVID, but but will you be going home or are you going to stay around Cork? Um, we'll stay in Cork because it takes me a fortune to go back home. You never believe that it took me more than 30 hours on plane to, to reach Cork. 30 hours. Wow. Yes, unbelievable. And how did you, when you were coming to Ireland, did you just choose Cork? Well, um, because uh, among the the offers I got, UCC is the best offer I got. I see. I see. It's a great so college. Yeah. It's a great so college. So I'm proud of my choice. Yeah. So what great things have you discovered about Cork since you came here? Uh, I Wow, there's a lot of good things I as far as I know, um, the people here are very friendly, polite, and I can always get help whenever I have trouble. Yeah. And the social social service here, it's advanced. People, the staff are always useful mm-hmm. and willing to help me. Right. And the environment here is fantastic. You can find a diverse kind of flowers, trees in the street. Really? Yes. Very impressed with the with the, the environment here and how we look after our environment. I think it looks like a big garden <laughs> as a city. Yeah, yeah. What is your your favorite Irish food so far? Oh, I have a lot of types of food here: um, chicken drumstick, um, beef, biscuits, and, and ch- um, chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you like our Irish chocolate? Well, it's an Irish. Yes. Brand. <laughs> Uh, okay. So what will you do? Where will you spend Christmas? Have you you got some friends locally, have you? I, yes, I got some friends locally. Um but I'm not sure whether they are uh they, they have a, a free time during Christmas. So probably um I'm going to Dublin to spend Christmas where there are more celebrations and activities that I can join. Excellent. Excellent. Well will you have yourself a wonderful Christmas. Will you? Will you? Will you settle here? Do you think, or will you eventually go back? I mean, yeah. 
You, um, you, would you like? Would you like to settle in Ireland? Settle in Cork? Do you mean after graduation? After you graduate, yeah. Would you like to? I haven't made the final decision. Probably eighty percent, I would go to go go back to China to find a stable job. Okay. But if I can find a decent job here, that is possible. I can stay. Very good. Well, we'd, you know, we're delighted d- delighted that you're happy here, and good good luck with your studies and enjoy your first yes. Irish Christmas. Wait, wait. Oh, thank you so much. All right, thank you for talking to me. 0818 96 96 96. And there are many people from many diverse parts of the world in our city and county for Christmas. And some of them look at the way we celebrate Christmas and wonder what we're at. But people like where they absolutely love it. And that's great to know. Now, this man is just back from his travels. We started the show talking about a whirlwind trip to Doha for the World Cup final. And that was fun. But Gary McCarthy of uh, Cabin Studios and many other projects, you told me briefly when I met you a week or two ago why you went to Doha. You're back, you'll tell me more now. Morning, Gary. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What took you to Doha, mate? Uh, so just just over a week ago, we got the news that uh, one of the kids that we've been working with there for the last three years, his name is MC Abdul, hmm. and he's based in Gaza in Palestine. And uh, that that he got he got invited to actually perform uh, in Qatar and kind of during the World Cup celebrations. Really, there, there was a festival going on there, so he was invited to perform there. And um, they got the visas approved and all that sort of stuff. So it was his first time ever being able to leave Gaza, which is a huge deal for them. Nice. Um, they have to they, they have to leave through um, the border with Egypt and went to Cairo and then flew into Qatar so we decided this is this is an amazing opportunity to actually get finally get to meet him. He's um for people that don't know about him you can look him up just MC Abdul you look, look him up on Instagram or Facebook you'll see what he's been doing but um he's 14 now and absolutely perfect English. If you spoke to him you you'd imagine you you you'd believe he was from the US the way he speaks cuz since he was like 5 years of age he, he's well, been studying Studying English through through rap music and through films. Really well. Actually, and, Fergal has actually managed yeah. to pull something really quickly, Gary. Yeah. That this, this this there's only twenty seconds of this. This is because I'm fascinated to know how you ended up working with this fella. But this this is his name. This is MC Abdul. Then we turn the back up. We just wanna have a good time. A good life gotta get mine. MC, I kick rhymes. Feel the scene, yeah, I'm big time. Can I live? Can I live? Can I live? Can I live? Yeah. Now, did you produce that? Uh, I didn't produce that one, but I produced other tracks that he has released. No. That's that's his newest track, Can I Live? And it just got released the other day. You can check it out on Fantastic. Spotify everywhere. Gary, how does the cabin studio on the north side of Cork City end up working with a young lad in Gaza? who's never left the place. How did that happen? Uh, it was August 2019. He uh, he sent me an email. The, himself and his dad were, were looking for someone to kind of help them with, like, writing, with rapping, with recording and stuff like that. Just someone, to, I suppose, to act as a tutor. And they came across my website, August 2019. And then um, a couple of weeks later, we got on a video call with him. Um, this was up in the hut in the U Project, which is close to the cabin. They'd be kind of a... Uh, a collaborator with yeah. the cabin, um, and we got him on a video call, and it's just been 
just been since then we've been kind of keeping in touch and there's been other people in Cork as well that have been supporting like Steve E.G., Liam Ahorn, Boney, uh, Sean Downey, just everyone has been supporting Abdul just, to, I suppose, just to help him progress and link him up with people. And um, I think like the one of the biggest moments for Abdul was <clears throat> we were we were about to release something back in May 2021. And then the, the war happened in Gaza. Now, he's lived through four or five wars and he's yeah. 14. Yeah. And... Uh, the Israel started bombing Gaza again and um, we were about to release something but we put that on hold and we said it's not the right time like there was people being killed like essentially and they were sending me like voice messages you could hear the explosions going on outside like oh it's God. absolutely frightening it's frightening so we actually we <clears throat> we put something together within the space of a day or two I helped them record it we had sent them over a microphone a few months before they recorded this in a in um, in his uncle's apartment, I think. Um, there was no electricity. Some days they only get four four hours to eight hours electricity a day. They had no electricity, so they were just running off a laptop and a phone. And I was on a video call with them just to try and help them record a song. It's called Palestine, yeah. and uh, we put it out then the next the next day and that that was like May 2021 and it just went completely viral like Al Jazeera were onto him DJ Khaled was sharing it like loads of people were were, were, were noticing him and he his I think he he went from like a couple of thousand followers to like 300 and something thousand followers on Instagram it's so, just so completely then blown. this performance at the World Cup must have been a very proud moment for you Gary to be over there with him uh, it was unbelievable. Like the, the, I, I suppose the, the most amazing part of it was just to actually get to meet him, just to see him and, and him and his dad and just to, you know, because like <clears throat> we would have been linking up with him through Zoom calls, video calls all along. And, you know, that's great. You kind of get a sense of the person, but you don't really get to know them. And like when we got to meet him in person, and I suppose just to see how funny and how naturally... Um, naturally friendly and and like chatty he is with people and it like it it's not just a show that he puts on the video call whenever we're on to him it's legit he's a like genuinely one of the hardest working people and the most driven and dedicated people i've ever come across it's 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 genuinely like inspirational because of the they're they're in one of the i suppose one of the toughest situations in the world where you know, their neighbourhood literally could get bombed at any time. Yeah, yeah. Any time. Gary, it's it's an extraordinary story of, of, of teaming up with this young lad. And can I just compliment you and everybody connected to the cabin for the incredible work you're doing with loads and loads of youngsters and older people indeed across yeah. the city and county. I wish you and the team and the crew and everybody connected have a wonderful Christmas. And I do plan to talk to this young man sometime in 2023. Brilliant. Thanks a million, PJ. Happy Christmas. And to you, Gary. Take care. Gary McCarthy from the Cabin Studios via Palestine to Doha. Wow. <laughs> that's a great story. And that's it. Programme edited by uh, Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Our prizes today. This was a hard call. Our vouchers for super value going to Adrian with the snooker table story. John who took his half-cooked turkey for a spin, and Jan, whose Christmas tree 
blew off the roof. We have more of these vouchers to give away between now and quitting time on Friday. Well, that's it for now. See you tomorrow, just after nine. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. With your local mace, amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.